just sulky, over funky, kinda hunky superhero. A two-fisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived. Hello and welcome to Marvel Vision, a Marvel Studios TV show podcast brought to you by Cinema Sangha. My name is Devin Faraci. I'm one of the hosts of this program. Joining me as he does, week in and week out. I got little baby legs and I stand so low, you got to pick me up just to say hello. This is Derek Faraci. How are you? Is that an eel song? No, that's Randy Newman, Short People. Oh, there we go. They got little baby legs and they stand so low, you got to pick them up just to say hello. Every time uh, every time you do like a song lyric, I just assume it's the eels. No. I've only done the eels once is the funny thing. Oh, my God. Look at him. Just doing the eels one time. Yeah, you don't want to overdo it. But you have an audience now that could be – there's thousands of people that listen to this show who are turning on to the Eels. Well, everyone should listen to the Eels. I agree. But I'm not going to force people to do what – you know. everyone's got to find the Eels in their own time. Fair enough. That's how I look at it. Fair enough. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm all right. We just recorded an episode of Bad Patch. Like, yeah, we've like, been talking a lot this week. We've been talking a lot because we also did the the Marvel Vision. The, sorry, the Watchmen for Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah. So we've done about five or six hours of mic time in the last seven yeah. days. At least. And then last night you were texting me torturous messages about the Titans show. Yeah, so I needed something to watch while I was eating dinner last night. My my girlfriend went to Star Trek Day yesterday. And, um, you know, when you live together and it's pandemic, like, um, you're never alone in the house. Do you know what I mean? Like she, she works from home. I work out of the house day job, but the rest of the day we're always in here together. So she went to go to Star Trek day, which was this press event that she covered for this website nerds and beyond that she writes for. And, um, I was home alone for like a bunch of hours. And, um, so I ordered a pizza because I'm 47 years old and sober and I needed something to watch while I was eating the pizza, but not something that would really be too much effort for me or I would actually have to really pay attention to, or that I would want to continue watching. So I watched the season three premiere of Titans on HBO max. Yep. And it opens with Jason Todd being beat to death by the Joker with a golf club. It's the opening scene of the episode, which is interesting to me in one way is I've watched the first two seasons and I'm, I'm done. I'm not watching anymore, but I'm 90% positive that season two ends with Jason Todd falling off a building. And that's like, are they going to be able to save him? Well, the thing is they had a cliffhanger. They had, a, they had a, at one point he, before he gets beat to death, he gets on the phone with Bruce Wayne, who's on his Wayne company jet. And, um, in this, while he's this conversation, he has a flashback to a Robin falling off a building. Yeah. And I was like, which Robin was that? Did he That's drop Jason a Robin? That falls off the building. But was it somebody else dressed like Jason? I couldn't figure it out. Now, at least Jason is quite clearly – Jason. Jason's quite clearly not dead off falling off a building. Well, I, I mean it, it was the season – you know, it was like the cliffhanger of season two. But it was quite – oh, no, no. I take it back. I think Superboy saves him from the building. There you go. If I remember correctly. So then, wrong I mean, that must be what happened because he's quite alive for five minutes at the beginning of season three. Yeah. Okay. It's so and, weird that they they rushed into 
Well, first off, it's weird that it's a show called Titans and it's really just all about Batman sidekicks. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know what the Titans are doing. The Titans are barely in the episode. They, um, they, so after he gets beat to death, because he, he tracks the Joker down and Batman is on a plane going somewhere else. Um, and uh, he's like, I'll, I'll be there in the morning. And <laughs> and Robin, uh, Jason Todd, who has been apparently making what I think is Venom, if I had to guess, because he's working on some kind of chemical compound that he's inhaling and that's like making his eyes go yellow or whatever. Okay. I'm assuming it's Venom. I mean, I, what, they're not, they're, they're, you know, they're pulling directly from the comics. Like they're not like making up stuff. You know what I mean? Like, so if there's like a, if there's an enhancing drug, drug it's going to be Venom, right? It's going to be Venom, I would think, yeah. And so he goes, hunts down the Joker. He gets beat to death by the Joker. You never see the Joker's face. You just see his shoes. And you see him in silhouette. <laughs> and, uh, but then it cuts to the Titans who are stopping a seventh rate villain named Gizmo. Who is a classic Titans villain. But he's like seventh rate classic Titans villain. But I mean, he's a Marv Wolfman, George Perez villain. They created yeah, he's from this early 70s, yeah. Yeah. Isn't he? Or uh, 80s, like 81, 82, I think. Uh, and uh, they do that, and there's like little bits about like the like Superboy has nothing to do with this whole episode. Um, Starfire, um, she's on TV at the end of this like catching gizmo, and some guy she met in Vegas calls her and goes, Oh, I guess that's why you never called me back. You're a superhero. And uh, Dick does not go talk to the cameras. And then he gets word that Jason Todd died. And this episode also introduces Tim Drake. Okay. It's really just – I know Barbara Gordon shows up too. Barbara in Gordon's season. in it. She is commissioner. Oh, okay. She's commissioner Gordon, but she used to be Batgirl because she yeah. she had a scene where they're reminiscing with her and, and Dick and Bruce. They're all reminiscing yeah. about the old days. And she tells Bruce that he's an asshole and that um, – he lets the Joker get away, keep being alive because he enjoys the, the fight. He enjoys the game. Okay. So at the end of the episode, Bruce Wayne breaks into Bru- <laughs> Arkham Asylum and beats Joker to death with a crowbar. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. And then he shows up. Dick Grayson has come to Gotham because of the death of Jason Todd. And he's there, like he's staying in, in Wayne's in stately Wayne manor. And, uh, he's sleeping and the door busts open to his room. And there in silhouette is Bruce Wayne played by the guy from game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, and he well, goes, actually, at least in the first two seasons, I think I thought did a good job. No, he's pretty or good. Second, I, mean, I think he might not be in the first season. He's definitely in the second season. And he's in the second season. I think yeah. he's pretty good. I mean, like he's got definitely like Batman beyond energy, right? It's like, it's pretty well, good. He's got, at least in the second season, he had a lot of, uh, uh, 70s Batman energy where he was like, yeah, I could see yeah I'm Batman, but also this is fun, right? We're having some fun here. Like, like he was cracking jokes and like he was smiling and stuff. And it was like, oh, this is the kind of Batman I, I'd like to see more of. And I well, guess now he murders the Joker. So he beats the Joker to death and he drops the bloody crowbar that he used to do it in Dick's room. It's funny that he used a crowbar to beat the Joker to death, which is how the Joker beat Jason Todd to death in the comics. But in the show, the Joker beats him to death with a golf club. I don't know why they changed these what? items. Yeah. I don't know why they changed these items around. Uh, but uh, then he says, then he says, the Joker won. He broke me. Uh, he goes, uh, now I have to stop being Batman. And now it's time for you to become Batman. Kind of sounds like Barbara Gordon broke him. Well, the Joker wins because, you know, he gets Batman to kill him. That's like the the win for the Jokers to make Batman give up his ethics. Yeah. Which is like, I get that. That's fine. I mean, it's like funny. Also, it's like funny because it happens off screen, I think is part of what's funny about it to me. 
It happens off screen. They don't show him. Do no, it. no, no, no. They don't show it at all. No. Okay. Wow. It happens off screen. Yeah. Yeah. Dick is just like hanging around the Wayne Manor, and then all of a sudden, Bruce shows up with the fucking bloody crowbar. It's really something else. Wow. Well, there you go. Next, I didn't watch the second episode, but the second episode, Red Hood's in it. So they immediately they resurrect. Really yeah, they immediately res- resurrect Jason to be Red Hood. Wow. Waste yeah. of no time. Yeah. Yeah, and then so Tim Drake is in this, and he is, uh, I don't know what he is. He is, seems like a Southeast Asian, I think, or maybe a Filipino kid. Okay. Um, uh, and he Which cries. returns to an old question about Tim Drake. Which is what? For a long time, there was discussions back and forth online on if Tim Drake was supposed to be Asian at one point. Because, like if the intention uh, for the character was to make him Asian? Yeah, because uh, who was the artist? Uh, I forgot who the artist was, but in his first miniseries, uh, I want to say it was Ron Lim, but it wasn't Ron Lim. But it was somebody. And they the art, he looked somewhat Asian, possibly Filipino. Right. And so people were like, I always, when I was a kid, I thought he was Asian. But uh, So there's been a lot of back and forth on that. Uh, it has come um, back up with the, the revelation that he is uh, bisexual. Yeah, he. I guess he's. Yeah, he's. He's. Uh, which is a pretty big. He's also. Is he, doesn't he also have a, a new superhero name uh, based he, on Seinfeld? He, he went by the name Drake for about three issues. The Drake. We hate yes. the Drake. Yes. We hate the Drake. Yes, he went. He went by Drake for about three issues in uh, Young Justice in, in Brian Bendis's Young Justice. And he got a new costume that was like brown and, and yellow. And that quickly went away. That very quickly went away. And I don't know if it was meant to really quickly go away or if they very quickly were like, this is a terrible idea. So on the internet, they say that he is African-American, this actor. Okay. Uh, his dad is African-American. I don't – on the show, I can't remember what his mom is. They own an Asian restaurant, which is why I thought for sure that he was in some kind of Asian Okay. I don't really know. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I didn't watch enough episodes to know. I guess now that I'm looking at pictures of this kid, he is definitely African American. I don't mean to be like doing like the. Uh, I was just curious. Like, um, they've been DC in particular has been really good about moving away from white standard for their adaptations. Yes. Marvel's not been as good about it, but DC has been really good about moving away from white standard. And I guess I don't mean to like get too like. Uh, race science about this uh but i was just curious because the, the character he is like he's he's delivering from we meet him as a delivery kid from uh, uh some kind of asian restaurant because he's delivering dumplings i was um, really hoping that was the name for a minute it was just a restaurant named some kind of asian restaurant like that's how lazy the writers got they're like whatever i guess not I guess not. Uh, but uh, yeah, Any, anyway, he seemed interesting. That kid seemed interesting. Um, he's in the Batman. That actor, Jay Lacurgo. Lacurgo, Lacurgo. You know, I mean, movie? Yeah, we, we, got, we got an email saying that if we're going to be talking about people's names, we should be Google searching their names yeah. to find out how to pronounce them. But I didn't know I'd be talking about this yes, kid. Yes. This is, I did not yeah, We didn't know this. we were going to spend so much time on Titans. Yeah, he, um, he plays a thug, I guess, in the Batman. Okay. Uh oh. So, so that's he's Earth, not Tim Earth Drake. Three, Tim Drake is a yeah. thug. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Titans. It was it was pretty bad. It was pretty boring. Weirdly, for an episode of television where both uh, Jason Todd and the Joker are killed, it was actually really <laughs> fucking boring. 
Well, one of the amazing things about the first two seasons of the Titans is how often they just stand around in kitchens. I was endlessly impressed by that. Then most of the episodes are them standing in a kitchen talking. Well, there's like a lot of talking in this too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, but it looks like, it looks a little bit more expensive at least, but. I mean, Titans was always a bit of an expensive looking show. They weren't, they weren't, it was definitely more than CW budgets. That's for sure. Yeah, no, it's definitely more than that. Well, this is not a show about CW or about DC or about Titans. We don't talk about things I like. You like I don't like Titans. No, although I don't like Titans. So I guess guess that's why we're talking about it here. (laughs) Marvel Studios. (laughs) Do we uh, do we have any Marvel news? We do. And I want to take a break right there for a second because I don't know if you want to talk about the. uh, Kevin Beagle stuff that happened last night. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just didn't know. It's it's public, right? Well, he deleted the tweets and stuff. That's right. It's up on Reddit and stuff. Yeah. I just didn't know if you wanted. Okay. I mean, I feel like it would be weird not to mention it. I it's agree, but I, but I didn't want to. I don't feel like I don't feel like our position. I don't think our show is a big enough deal uh, that it's going to cause anybody any trouble. I don't think that somebody from Marvel is going to listen to our show and find out what happened. That's no, no, I'm, no. But but I know you're friends with him, and I didn't want to put you in an awkward position. Yes. No. Uh, I mean, I'm you know so. Uh, Kevin Beagle, uh, who was creator of a pilot for New Warriors live action show for Freeform TV, um, what uh, tweeted a whole bunch of stuff about the show that never got, that never aired. And he tweeted pictures and a little bit of video and some information, um, and uh, and it yeah. all looks so good. Yeah, that's the thing. It looked very good. It mm-hmm. looked very very good. And he also said that uh, the reason the show didn't happen was because of one executive who thought the show was too gay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about that, and I have no opinion on that. Uh, my opinions are mostly just about um, mostly just about the stuff that he shared, which yeah. uh, was Squirrel Girl images. Looked really, really great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just some other little behind-the-scenes cast images and stuff like that. Squirrel Girl's Squirrel, the puppetry for that. Looked amazing. I mean, my take on this is, you know, I've known Kevin for a very long time, very, 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 very long time. And I think that Kevin is really brilliant and Kevin is really great. I think that Kevin is really unlucky in this case in that he had a show set up at a time when Marvel TV was dissolving. Yeah. And Marvel Studios was stepping in. And I think there's, you know, obviously I do think, um, I, I believe him when he says how the show got canceled. Yeah. You know, or didn't get picked up because of that. But I also think that he was also the victim of bad luck as well. I think there's like a lot of stuff going on here. And I think that, you know, if, the, if he had been working on the show two years earlier or had been working on the show now, we might be a whole different situation. Or, or if they weren't switching everything over at Marvel. That's the thing. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's the timing of it. That's a big like – They I might think have found another home for it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, the one I think one reason it's worth talking about it is because it did look really cool. Um, everything I've heard about this show makes it sound really amazing and really fun. Um, and we now live in a world where Marvel has basically their own network and maybe there's a world where this show gets revived. I think, cause I imagine at this point, it's been a couple of years. So the actors are older. Why not hire the actors back, but do it as an animated series. They aren't that much older. 
I, it's been a couple of years, I think three or four years. Yeah, but it isn't like they're like this is not like I think it, I think you could. And I think like two of them are on two on other shows now. Right? Well, then yeah, the ones that you can't get, maybe you yeah. um you get other people to play those roles. The important thing to. is that Keith David comes back. That's the most important. <laughs> well, that is most that is the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what's her name that plays Squirrel Girl? Because she seemed to do a great job. So. Yeah, I mean, I she's like she's like born to be uh she's like born to be that character it's really just perfect casting yeah so i don't, I don't remember what her name is but i'm sure if i remember uh, milana milana uh Van, Van, yeah there you go we're equal opportunity mispronouncers <laughs> on this program <laughs> so yes yeah, so so i i appreciate your sensitivity to this yeah. Uh, and uh but I I think it's worth talking about. Um and, and again it's public, like, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the thing is that in the modern world, I have seen things like this definitely impact decision making in, in corporations. So more people that talk about it and say, Wow, this looked really fucking cool yeah. is the thing that will I think potentially get maybe some executives to listen to it. When he started last night, I really thought he was gonna say it, we're doing it again because like his first tweet on it was like, like you're all gonna find out the truth. New right. hashtag New Warriors. I was like, oh my god, oh I'm so excited. And then it was just him revealing some stuff about making it, which was great, and, and it all looked great. But I really, for a moment, I was like, oh, we're finally gonna see the show. But no, no, we're not. not. But who knows? The future may hold all different kinds of things. Yes. Any other Marvel news? It's not about somebody I personally know. Yes. Uh, Nate Moore. Oh, I've met uh, Nate. He did an interview with Empire Magazine, and he kind of broke down the, the post-Endgame timeline of stuff. And he said, uh, WandaVision is weeks after Endgame. Falcon mm-hmm. and Winter Soldier is a few months after Endgame. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi takes place in 2024, around April. Okay. Which is uh, after Falcon, before Far From Home. Okay. Far From Home is nine months after Endgame. And Eternals is roughly the same time as Far From Home. Okay. Yeah. And then No Way Home starts right after Far From Home. So it picks up right there. Yeah, I mean... Hawkeye is December 2024. Okay. Loki and What If are outside time. Right. So there you go. You know, I... um... I continue to think that the snap is the dumbest thing Marvel's ever done. Yeah, it seems like a bad idea. It's just so dumb that we have these movies all set in the future and then we have to think about this. It's so dumb that we – somebody said to me on Twitter, you know, the first question that Shang-Chi would actually have for a sister is like, did you exist for five years or did you not? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, So little little Nas X didn't get snapped because they're singing Old Town Road in Shang-Chi. Yeah. But like – do the social circumstances also, still exist? Also, that, during during five years where half the world was vanished and killed, Lil Nas X still had quite the hit. Well, that well the the thing is like does does the does the cultural condition still exist that a guy from TikTok can rise up? Do you know what like I don't like? Yeah, that, that's like, what I mean. Is like I don't I don't think that song would be a hit. I mean, it might be. It's a really good song. It's a good um, song, but but like, would he write it in a world where half the universe is vanished? 
I mean, well, that, that's the thing is that it's just it just creates too many divergences from our universe, and for them just to sew it back up and go, oh yeah, okay, fine. It's just really weird, and like I think every Marvel movie moving forward is going to be about people who didn't get snapped. Yes, because it's just cleaner that way. If they didn't get snapped, it's just cleaner. Yeah. They didn't lose five years of their lives. Yeah, there's a great um, Patrick Willems YouTube video about how. Uh, using pop culture references in comic books in Marvel and DC is is rough because, especially with DC, it doesn't a lot of it doesn't work, it, like because DC has like fake cities and whatnot. So like, New York wouldn't be a major thing when it's got Metropolis and Gotham like twenty feet away from it, you know. So like, trying to figure out like like would there be McDonald's? Why does McDonald's exist? Like how does, how does everything affect everything else? And would popular, popular music be the same and whatnot? And whenever they make pop culture references, it always feels a little strange and off as well as it dates the comics, which is problematic. I don't think that's problematic. I love that. I have no problem with that. I think that there's this thing that people have about not dating things that I just think is foolish. And um, I love reading Spider-Man comics from the late 60s where they're wearing bell bottoms and tripping. Like, I just love that. Like, I just think it's delightful. Um, I, I, I think it's delightful that we pretend that these are all parts of one story and that we just accept it. That like, you know, but the um, problem is most fans cannot accept it i know but i think that's their problem and that's their problem that's just yes. gonna be everybody else's problem i love the fact that I love that, the fact that's how we run into how does everything after the blip work i mean we that's yeah i think it's different discussing. i think it's different with the movies frankly because the movies are um one step closer to reality because like in the comics flash gordon has served in vietnam afghanistan and also a fake flash war Johnson. that they they invented a fake country to have a never-ending war in for purposes of marvel continuity and it's flash thompson what did i say flash gordon <laughs> oh boy i was very confused for a minute i was like where's he going with this everybody just heard me have a stroke live on the mic uh <laughs> wow flash gordon flash thompson yes uh so like you know like in the in the 50 years of spider-man he has served in every every major conflict and i yes. kind of love that like Punisher i think that's too. Punisher as well. I think that's kind of great, and I don't have a pro- I don't have a problem with that. I just I just am able to tune the dial a little bit to do it. It's different with live action stuff. It's yeah. a little. It's, I, th- I think it's just fundamentally different. A story is a story that isn't spanning fifty years and where the characters are actually aging in real time. I think is fundamentally different than a comic book where things move at about one tenth of the speed of real time. Yeah. Um, but I love to read old comics and see the pop culture references they throw in there. I fucking I love it. And sometimes I like to imagine that the comics are taking place like within the last ten years, like they're supposed to be. And like there's like the thing making an art link later reference. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's like incredible. <laughs> like I just, I just imagine everybody else like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like <laughs> what? Everyone's just very confused by Snapper Car all the time. Exactly. What is with this what kid? What is with this kid? Did he watch The Outsider too many? The Outsiders too many times? I don't want to. I'm not trying to say anything bad, but is he in the spectrum? Are we sure? Like, what's going on with this kid? Because he is kooky. He is kooky. Uh, uh, so yeah, I I like that actually, but I don't like it in live action stuff because I yeah. think that the live action stuff has that premise that we are experiencing it in time. Um, but also I think that in the comics, what they also do is that they, we talked about this on, I think in the Shang-Chi episode of, of, of Watchmen, they just fucking move past those things. Marvel does. Yes. Marvel does not. DC sort of does. I mean, we've literally had like three reboots in DC in the last two years. Well, they just reboot. I mean, that's the thing. So that's, that's a whole different way of, of, of 
moving past these things, right? They just yeah. reboot. They just don't even bother with it. They they just they just wipe the slate clean every time they find it inconvenient. Semi clean, um, and then they realize they messed up something else. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, but like, like Co- no more Superboy. What the Legion? Oh, yeah. Right. But like you know, they they destroyed Co City, and um, that obviously had big implications for Green Lantern. Yeah, but it didn't really have big implications for the rest of the DC universe in a meaningful no. way. Like I, uh, a city wiped off the map. The fundamental things that would mean for society is like unbelievable. Yeah, they also wiped out the San Diego. Well, the San well, isn't Co City where San Diego is essentially? No, no, San Diego got destroyed in a Aquaman story. It got flooded. It became Sub Diego, right? And so that's the kind yeah. of thing that would one hundred percent impact society in a huge way. But in comics, we just we just move past it. We just go, okay, whatever. And um, in the movies, though, they're not moving past it. That's no. their mistake. Yeah, they keep drawing attention to it. I think if Shang Chi just never mentioned the blip once, yeah, it would be fine. But it has that little blip thing. They have a they have a blip discussion at, at the bar. I mean, like so. Then you have to keep referencing it again and again and again and again. And when they reference it again and again and again and again, it makes you say to yourself, "Wait, how is this not impacting these people on a deeper level?" Yes. But like again, in comics, you know, some uh, unbelievable you know inferno happens, and Midtown Manhattan becomes hell, and then nobody references it again, and so you don't spend all your time going, "Wait, didn't all these people just get attacked by demons?" And didn't you know, that happen? That, and a week before, didn't this happen? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, and so that's like the thing, like because they just move past it, you don't have to think about the the cumulative trauma of living in this universe. Yeah. Because you don't want to think about the cumulative trauma Who of living in this universe. Somebody on Twitter had put it where it's like if you take all of the X-Men's stories and put them into a reasonable timeline, like a re- realistic timeline, in like six months they had Fall of the Mutants, Inferno, Extinction Agenda – and like three other major events where they all died and came back. It's like, that's a horrible year. Like, that is an insane amount of things that happen to somebody. This is fun to think about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I'm glad that Nate Moore has put some of these things in a little bit of order for us. That's helpful. But the problem is less the order. And the problem is more that they keep referencing this event that would have unbelievable fallout psychologically and socially that the Falcon and Winter Soldier tried to play with a little bit, but I yeah. think they're not going to continue playing with because we've also had this conversation on this podcast that one of the tenets of comic book universes is, is that it's always one step removed from ours. It can yes. never get too far or else it's no longer a superhero thing. It's a, it's a, it's a science fiction thing. Yeah. It's an alternate reality as opposed to a one step beyond reality. And that's the stuff that Stan Lee and Jack Kirby invented. You know what I mean? Like um, obviously DC comics is also set in quote unquote, a real world, but they had fake cities and shit. Yeah. But Stan and Jack put all their shit in New York city. Yes. And that was like a big deal. Very on purpose. They did that. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. We got any other news? Yes. Uh, video supposed leaked video of Andrew Garfield on the set of Spider-Man no way home. That is like, pretty impressive <laughs> like yeah, if it's real or if it's not real somebody really did a good job faking it I mean, i'm sure it's real he's definitely in the fucking movie yeah but but it's like he all but said it in an interview this week but but it's like him on set hanging on to like a, a rafter and he's wearing the suit and he's talking and it's like the camera's maybe four or five feet away from him so somebody yeah. got right up to him with the with their phone, which is recorded. It's not. Right? It's not a phone thing. This is somebody has access to the digital files um, of the camera of like yeah. the camera on set. He is framed. He is framed for yeah. a shot. He's framed for a shot. That is that is the stuff from a digital camera. 
That's probably like stuff. I think also he's like just talking to somebody off camera. I don't think he's even acting. Yeah, you can see somebody's hand. Like they're but I, but I discussing don't, I don't, what's going on. Right. There. So I think that what's happening is that somebody got some of these um, bits of footage that's in between the stuff that they're actually going to use in the you know in the movie, and yeah. they were able to somehow down get you know a minute of it or whatever, or however however many seconds it was. Okay. There you go. But once again, this is like when the Spider-Man trailer leaked. It's somebody in house. It's somebody in somewhere like in editing, in the editing workflow, um, or the post-production workflow has gotten this and leaked it. Yeah. But he also gave an interview this week where he's like, they asked him about whether or not he's in the movie. He goes, yeah, but wouldn't it be really cool if I was? Yes. <laughs> which is like, which is like a, a one way of saying, yes, I am. But, but still a better response than than the response we talked about last week, or maybe it was on Shang-Chi on Watchmen that Mark Ruffalo had. Mark Ruffalo didn't even have, he didn't even have a response. (laughs) He He didn't even need to respond. He offered it up all by himself. (laughs) That's the beauty of that one. Nobody even asked him a question. He just said it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty of that one. Um, so, uh, yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage has once again changed its opening week now to October 1st. Yes, it, it moved up this time. So, and it's also going to be uh, 90 minutes and PG-13. We talked about this all weirdly on The Bad Batch. Yes. If you're not subscribing to our Star Wars uh, TV show podcast, you're missing this breaking Marvel news. <laughs> well, we didn't talk about it being 90 minutes. That's new from what I know. But, Good. Uh, this should, 90 minutes is great like for a movie. I agree. Especially for a movie like this, I think. Perfect. 90 minutes, October 1st. We'll see you there. Uh, and then finally, Shang-Chi has made $94 million opening weekend. And that seems pretty huge. And, it's a pretty uh, big, it's pretty big. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, you know. It's pretty big. I mean, it, it, on, a, on a Friday through Sunday weekend, it made $75 million, which is $5 million less than Black Widow, which seems very impressive. Yeah. And five million more than F nine, which also seems very impressive. Yeah, it's a huge hit. I mean, like I can't even imagine. You, I've seen some box office people who hate Marvel and superhero movies try to spin this as not a huge hit. This I is an unbelievable know. hit. I don't know how you, you can look at it and be like, no, no. This character that literally nobody yeah. knows. <laughs> like, what, yeah. what are you kidding me? It made four times what S- Snake Eyes made. Yeah, no, it's an enormous, eyes. it's an enormous hit, and and it, it's a it's proof that um, the Marvel thing is not over, and it's proof that Marvel continue can continue to launch new characters. Yes, yeah, so. which has to be very exciting for them. And this whole year has been nothing but proof of that. They've not launched new characters, but Marvel has launched a bunch of side characters into humongous levels of public attention. Yes. I mean, Loki was a big character previously, but they really took made him truly top of the A-list now. Yeah. Well, I mean, even going back a couple of years, I mean, Captain Marvel, nobody, like, she has never been able to hold her own series, right, right in the comics. And then she opens up to a billion-dollar movie. Like, yeah. yeah. It's hard to ignore that. Like, oh, they yeah. know, they they got something. Yeah. You know, they're smart. And then, uh, speaking of Black Widow... Scarlett Johansson's lawyers say that the movie would have made $1.2 billion in the theaters if they didn't open up on Disney+. Plus. I mean, truly nonsense. Um, That's I, 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 I don't I don't want to talk badly against a, a, a fellow worker uh, who's fighting against management at all. Uh, but uh, I, I got to say that that's just not the case. Because the thing no. is, like, quite honestly, I just it's just not 
it's, it's not a billion dollar movie. I, I think like no. in a best case scenario, it's not a billion dollar movie. I think best case scenario, six to seven hundred million is where it would have tapped out. Best case, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. You know, that's my theory. That's my feeling. Not, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I imagine for the lawyers, they go with one point two billion because. No, you want to go high. There's way more room to, to play. Right. Yeah. You want to go high because you're looking for damages, right? So yeah. you need to like be able to prove higher amounts of money for damages. That, that's that's yeah. I mean, that, no no shade. That's reasonable. But that that doesn't seem like a thing that would actually be the case. No. No, it's pretty nuts. But hey, if they can do it, <laughs> it'd be pretty impressive. God bless. Yeah. God bless. And that's all the news that's fit to print in the Daily Bugle. All right. Are you ready to talk about the latest episode of What If? I'm not. <laughs> no, you're not? We no. got to do jokes or trivia, don't we? We got to do trivia. Jesus. We got in trouble last week for not doing trivia. Well, you know what's funny? At the beginning of the episode, I joked that I never I never remember, and then we just didn't even do it. We didn't do it. I, again, last week we were on a time crunch, so I, I specifically decided to not bring up trivia. That was very kind of you. I had it ready in case you asked, but uh, I was like, we have, we only have so much I will time. never remember to ask. It will never yes. happen. Yeah. I know that now. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yeah. What is the one trademark that both Marvel and DC share? Captain Marvel. Nope. What? Superhero. Superhero. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Who is Longshot's grandfather? Is it not Mojo? It is not Mojo. I don't know who it is then. Longshot is his own grandfather. Ah, my own grandpa. Shatterstar is also his grandfather. I'm they my are own each other's grandpa. father and son. That's pretty good. That's pretty wild. And then finally, why was Spider Woman created? Spider Woman was created uh, for it was a rights issue thing, wasn't it? To trademark the name. Yeah, because they had Spider-Man on TV, I think, was the deal. And there was like a lot of fear about that. Um, it doesn't say it here, but I remember, at least with She-Hulk, they did She-Hulk She because yeah. of... Because of Hulk uh, on TV. No, no, they, they did it because... Well, part of... Uh, Hulk was on TV, but Stan Lee found out that when they created... Uh, they created the... Uh, what's the, the $6 billion man spinoff? Bionic uh, Woman. Bionic, when they created Bionic Woman... Even though it was a spinoff of Six Million Dollar Man, or Six Million Dollar Man, the creator of Six Million Dollar Man didn't get any credit for Bionic Woman, and he was like, "We're not letting these studios create She-Hulk right. or Spider Woman or anything like that. We're going to create them now so that they can't do that to us." Stanley was like, "We're going to be the studio that creates these things and not give people money for them." Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. That's my money, true believer. <laughs> now, are we ready to talk about what if? Yes. All right, let's get it. Let's get ready to what if. What if season one, episode five, what if? Zombies? That's what the title is because it's a question. Yep. It's 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 the Interrobang. Because, uh, because what, zombies? Because like everything in this episode, they didn't think about it. <sighs> oh, I'm excited because you didn't like this episode. I, I thought you, I thought you would like this one because we get to see pretty much every Avenger die. 
We also get to see endless bad jokes, including the watcher making jokes, which drove me insane. There are funny what ifs in the comics. I know you have a very specific but vision the, of but what the watcher, but we discussed this last week, right? You only have so many episodes, so you, you got to like do best of the best. And this is not a best of the best. And well, when you only have so when, when you don't have 140 issues, you got to, your characters have to stay consistent. And that's what the watcher is the one real character in this. I don't think he should be cracking wise. All right. Well, we'll talk about this at the end when we talk about why you hated it. Um, we open uh, with the re- revelation that the twist, the, the moment where things change in this universe is that um, Hank Pym went down into the quantum realm to get Janet Van Dyne. And it turns out somewhere in the quantum realm, she got brain disease that made her a zombie. And then she grows back up into the regular world with, with, with zombie, uh, zombie Hank. And then they attack, they kill zombie, um, zombie, they, they, they kill Paul Rudd uh, and, 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 and hope gets away. Yes. And then the whole fucking thing gets out of control, and San Francisco's overrun with zombies, so the Avengers show up, and uh, there's a bit that I really liked, maybe you hated it, where uh, tiny little Hank Pym jumps no, on Captain America's great. neck and bites him. Yeah, I like that. Although, we, you skipped the opening where it's the Hulk coming. Oh, yeah, that's right. It opens with uh, the Hulk coming out. He gets beat up by Thanos, and it's the it's the beginning of... Um, Infinity War. Of Infinity War, yeah. where he is thrown to Earth, and he shows up in Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum, and there's nobody there, but the cloak is floating around. I forgot all about that. Yeah, and then the whatever their names are, Thanos' guys show up, and instead of everything going badly, zombie Iron Man, zombie Wong, and zombie Doctor Strange eat them. Yeah, t- tear them to pieces. Um, this is a moment where I was like, this is very interesting to me, because this is... Um, I didn't know how they were going to do... So first of all... Full disclosure, I've never read a Marvel Zombies comic. I've only read the original story in the Fantastic Four, in the Ultimate Fantastic Four. I did not read the, the miniseries that they did. There's been like a bunch of miniseries and a bunch of things. Like Marvel Zombies is like its own full fledged Oh, yeah, it was a huge, huge seller for them. They did it for years. And it came out at a time when I was truly – I still am, frankly, sick of zombies. Um, yeah. And I say this as somebody who's a zombie guy. Like I always loved zombies because they were the one monster that I always thought could not go mainstream because their whole shit was eating people's guts. <laughs> and little did I fucking know that people would in fact – so The Walking Dead is like on season 11 or 12 or 17 or something it's like that. It's on its final season before it starts its new spinoff. It's new, there's like three spinoffs. There's movies planned. But, um, but they're doing like a spinoff of like two of the characters from the show or – Continuing the adventure, basically. right? So it's right. it's 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 Carol and Dwight, not Dwight. What's his name? Daryl. Daryl. Carol. It's not Carol and Daryl. It's, it's Carol and Daryl and his other brother Daryl. <laughs> 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 so I think that's what it is. And uh, but it's funny. I was talking on Twitter about this the other day. Is that I? It's still going on. It has it has two spinoff shows. I think it's Fear, three, doesn't it? Is there a third one too? I don't even know. There's Fear the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead. World of Walking Dead or something Walking like that. Walking Dead, right? the world beyond or something like that. The world I beyond. Think. And then there's the talk show. That doesn't count. That's everything. Just a, a, yeah, I guess everything. What we do in the shadows has an after show now. That's just Does like. It really? Yeah. That's on TV or is it just online? I don't, what's the difference? Well, like the Walking Dead one is like on AMC where if it's just I'm like. I'm sure it's no, on TV. But like. What is what does FX have a fucking ton of content they need to air? I'm sure it's on TV. I don't know. I don't know. I only watch FX through Hulu, so I don't know what they have. Like Guillermo hosts it. Okay, well, I don't know. Anyway, uh, zombies are really mainstream. But that show, though, is watched only by people's moms. 
it's only moms that watch it. Like there's no, there's no, like, it's like weird to me. Like I follow a lot of horror people on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm a friend of a lot of horror people. None of them watch Walking Dead anymore. I know, I know a lot of people that watch Walking Dead. Are they all really basic? They are. I mean, they're definitely not horror people, but yeah, I mean, they're, you know, Midwestern moms and dads. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. That's the, but who would have imagined when Day of the Dead came out? That one day zombies would be the, the 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 domain of Midwestern moms and dads. Not me. When Dawn of the Day of the Dead came out, could not get a rating because it was so violent. The same violence they put on Walking Dead every single week. Um, oh, barely- Dawn of the Dead is tame in yeah. comparison. It's yeah. crazy. When did it happen? When did the shift happen? Um, the shift happened. It was in the um, aftermath of. Uh, the beginning of like true crime and it was like when law and order shows started getting more violent and okay. like all these autopsy let's see all these autopsy cop shows like yeah. and, and cis Bones, and csi yeah. that like was part of it it was all part of this cultural shift um so and then that's why movies are more violent now because for a while horror movies could not have any violence of any kind at all like the mpa would not allow it now. and they're much more violent now look at look at and not even horror movies look at the fucking suicide squad Yes, yeah, the violence in that you couldn't get into a into a Friday the Thirteenth twenty years ago. No, no, you could not. But even horror movies, though, there the problem is that horror movies, the people that make them don't make them violent anymore. Yeah, everybody's just going for a vibe with horror movies now, which is why I've kind of like well, every horror, horror movie horror now thing. is really just about loss. Right, it's just yeah, it's endless yeah. movies about like themes uh which is not to be like like i'm not like a fucking like jackass here i'm not trying to be like a um oh great themes uh but like every horror movie now is just like a vibe it's like they're not like they're not scary half of them and uh they're very rarely the mainstream ones are are not like well they're sort of violent but not that violent um i mean the invisible man had that great scene where her sister's throat gets slit there's like good stuff i mean like there's good stuff in them and the invisible man's like a better than a usual mainstream horror movie yeah that's my boy um but uh you know it uh i i I find the world of horror a little bit exhausting at the moment yeah um the thing is that once upon a time when i was doing festivals and whatever you would go to these genre festivals and it would be slow burn movies and now everything feels like a slow burn movie yeah Everything feels like it's like takes 45 to an hour to get to like the stuff that's supposed to be the horror. And then what the horror always is, is a semi metaphorical ghost or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's like, which is crazy because when the movies do that well, like the Babadook does that incredibly well, but the Babadook's yes. scary though. Yes. And a lot of horror movies are not scary anymore. I still can't get anyone to tell me if uh, hereditary is supposed to be funny or if that's just an accident. <laughs> I and think I Hereditary so is a really good example of camp, I think, in the in the classic sense. And I think it doesn't matter if it's supposed to be or not. Um, yeah. I think it just is camp. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, although, you know, um, Midsummer is much better. Midsummer is funny when it's supposed to be funny. Yes. And yeah. then it's not funny when it's not supposed to be funny. But, but that's the thing with Hereditary. I'm like, I'm watching. I'm like, they had to know, right? They had to know that this was kind of goofy. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that they're, again, I think they're going for a camp because I think yeah. they're, they're going everything to 11, I think, on purpose. Anyway, when the zombies eat the Black Order guys, I was like, wow, I was wondering how this was going to work on Disney+. Plus. Yes. And how it's going to work is that they're basically going to have pretty intense zombie violence. I guess. I, I mean, mean, they're eating body parts later on. Um, but but, but it, like they're eating body parts and I guess like Pigpen from Charlie Brown goes by because dust kicks up everywhere as well. Well, yeah, but yeah, so. the, well, they, the dust – 
kicks up so that you can't see the exact violence, but then you do see the zombies holding severed limbs and eating them. Yes. Later on, somebody explodes out of which was another person, which is unbelievable. Like, I mean, this Disney plus man, like, like some kid's going to like go from Luca to this. Yeah. (laughs) That's how I know I'm old is that I was thinking, man, this is like a, a service that people can just put their kids in front of. And not have to worry about what they're watching. Well, yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of those, and especially it's, it's Marvel. So you're like, oh, it's right. the superheroes. Okay, we're going to watch it now as a family. Oh, my God. Like, you have an idea of what level <laughs> Tony, of violence is going to be. Tony Stark in has it. no face. Do you know what yeah. we didn't discuss in the Shang-Chi episode of Watchmen? What? I think the first use of the word vagina in the MCU. Oh, yeah. I think that that's was the first wild. use of vagina. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. We're pushing the envelope a lot on Marvel in the past seven days. We both have the word vagina, and we also have a person exploding from outside of another yeah. person. <laughs> they still got a long way to, to catch up with uh, DC, though. DC, two penises. Uh, DC, two Those, penises. On Titans, on Titans, they say the F word every... Every 10 seconds. It's like every other sentence, they have to throw yeah. an F word in there. Yeah. Uh, there's one scene in season three, episode one, where uh, I think Dick Grayson gets two F words in one sentence. Um, I was very impressed by that. Uh you know, as 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 an Italian American from from New York City, I was very impressed to hear him speak my language. <laughs> um, so uh, things are bad because Bruce Banner realizes that he can't Hulk out, and that there are his buddies are now zombies. And um, just then, he gets um, the the cloak of levitation saves him briefly. Yes. There's a pretty good bit there with it too, yes. yeah, uh, where Wong is coming through the one of those portals and it's holding his feet on the other side. Yeah, that was great. And, and then the portal it, it closes. spins him and cuts his head off. Yeah, it cuts, gets his cake off. That's also, I was like, wow, yeah. that's a decapitation. Yeah. Like, you can't do that in a PG-13. No. Well. You can't. You can't do a decapitation. I mean, unless the MPA has changed their rules, you can't do a decapitation in a PG-13. That's why characters that get decapitated in Star Wars, they have helmets on. Oh, I didn't know. That. You might see a helmet fly off, yeah. but there you're never going to see a fucking stump or a head. Yeah. Um, you might see like a head later on. Like you might see a decapitate, a, a disembodied head. A head cannot be decapitated, by the way. You can't show it, I guess. Would be the well, you can't show the action of it, I believe is yeah. what it is. You know, in the UK, you can't show somebody getting hit in the head. Really? Yeah, because it's replicable violence. It's something that kids oh. can do. I'm gonna, when I worked at Activision, we had a list of things that you couldn't do in a game when you were uh, bringing it to Germany and along with like the basics of like no Nazis, like none of that is allowed. So like Wolfenstein, you're fighting robots, right? which is kind of weird. But uh, there were also things like uh, no one can have a pillow over their face for more than four seconds. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's like a lot of like replicable violence is what it is. That's why like in the UK, like nunchucks are no go on screen. I think, well, at least it was that some of these rules might've changed over the years. It's funny. The new call of duty is a world war two again. And this once again, no swastikas to be seen. Yeah. Because you have to redo everything for overseas for Germany. So they just don't put it in period. It's funny. I guess because everybody's playing online, they, they're all using the same files, right? That's why. Yeah. That is easier. It's so much easier for them. And what it leads to is everyone forgetting that Nazis exist. And then Donald Trump gets elected. Yeah, Thanks, Call yeah. of Duty. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it's really Call of Duty. But. And then there's another bit here that's pretty incredibly violent, which is that a, um army of flying ants show up and um, basically um, deflesh all of yeah. the uh, zombies that are attacking Dr. Bruce Banner. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That's more cartoony, but it's also still shocking. Yes. Um, yeah. 
considering when the series began, there was like a sense that they weren't going to do anything bad to any of these characters. We saw Tony Stark become a zombie and then also have all this flesh removed. Yes. So that's pretty intense. And through it all, Mark Ruffalo is giving a solid 50%. <laughs> he is this opening sequence. He's like, what? Oh, oh, don't eat me. Oh, he was not there. He was not feeling it that day. <laughs> um so uh we got uh, uh hope van dyne shows up and she is leading the i don't know how she got here i don't know what she's doing here do you know what she's doing here no this is one of my major problems with the the episode is there's a lot of people are just at places and they, they don't really explain how they got from place. To well, place. you know, the thing is that we do get a little bit of a sequence where Spider-Man shows up and does like a video where he gets like the survival rules of the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. So like some time has passed and characters have clearly come together. Two weeks, two weeks have passed. They said, okay. So she went from New York. She went from San Francisco to New York. She took David Desmalchian with her. Yep. And, uh, Maybe she was trying to find other superheroes who were still alive since most of them I live guess. in New York, right? I mean, yeah. that I, that seems reasonable. And I guess, I, I mean, they also explained that the, you know, all of this kicked off in San Francisco. The Avengers went to San Francisco. They all got killed there. But then they're all in New York again. But I guess, as we see, Doctor Strange can still open up portals. But why Doctor Strange is hanging out with the Avengers is unclear since he doesn't know them yet. But... Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, there's obviously stuff has happened between the initial zombie outbreak and where we are now, right? So I think that's fine. Like, I'm not going to complain too much about that. Um, Especially since Doctor Strange, Wong, and Iron Man are dead immediately. It isn't like they're like, it's not like plotty. It's not like a plot point, you know? Um, But what happens, it turns out that we got... uh, we got a whole bunch of survivors. And it's a strange crew of survivors. It's Happy Hogan. It is Bucky Barnes. It's Sharon Carter. It's Okoye, uh, and uh, it is uh, Kurt, the the criminal David Desmalchian, yes, uh, from Ant Man, and and now Bruce Banner, and also Hope Van Dyne. That's their leader, and Spider Man. Did yes. I miss Spider Man? Spider Man. Spider Man is one of them. Did you say Winter Soldier? I said, said Bucky Barnes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Who's also so, really just giving his all in the voice department. He's actually a little bit better this episode. Um, because they, there's one line where it's like, did they just not ask him to do a second take? <laughs> but we'll get there. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, so I think the thing is, I think that you're this became very clear to me very quickly in this episode. They had two ways to go with the Marvel zombies concept. Yep. And one is the ludicrously grim and doom filled and sad walking dead version. And then the other version is sort of more like a um, gleeful ultraviolence. And they went as gleeful ultraviolence as they could go, I think, in a Disney Plus show. And that, I think, speaks to why some of these characters are behaving the way that they're behaving. Do you know no, what I mean? I, it's I don't mind how most of the characters are behaving. Like, th- there's no characters that I feel like are out of uh, uh, the norms of their behavior. But I, this episode really felt like they were they they just didn't plot it out very well and their reasoning was look at all these jokes and there's just too there's too many like especially when when ant-man comes back and it's just like shut the fuck up like jeez like <laughs> i couldn't take it i was so annoyed you know 
But like, like the, I'm sorry, the and the watcher shouldn't be making jokes. What's he the joke that he makes? I don't remember. He goes, "Oof, that happened." When <laughs> when the ants come or something, I can't remember exactly what happens in that moment. But he's like, "Oof, that happened." It's like really, really. He's making fucking meme jokes. Not that I would think that the watcher doesn't know what memes are. He watches everything. He sees everything. So, yes. so why would he would actually be but, the but most like, up to date motherfucker in the world? He should, like, be, he should be spitting he be all the slang. In, is he gonna be dropping in office gifts during the episodes? No, because he's 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 so plugged in. He knows office gifts are over. Oh, okay. okay. He's dropping in like what are like what's the cool show to do gifts of? He's dropping in. I think even Broad City's over now. Um, he's dropping in Detroiters. Uh, he's dropping in. I think you should leave gifts. That's what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. That's what he's doing. That's what, yeah. Watches like and Hope Van Dyne is all. We're all looking for the guy who did this. Yes. <laughs> Zombie Tony Stark likes his sloppy steaks. <laughs> Listen, guys, we said no sloppy steaks. Uh, so yeah. uh, <laughs> they um this 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 resistance cell this survivor group that is like sitting in a, a Quinjet above the city. Well, they're um, sitting in buses. Held the buses up by that are together, yes. in the city. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um seems the, dangerous. It does seem dangerous. This is Spider-Man's last 24 hours, but <laughs> Yeah. So he's got to do it like every day, I guess, right? Is the idea. I guess. And then once Spider-Man dies, they lose their home base. Um they are hoping to figure out what to do next, and they get a, a message. They get a message from a survivor, and they're able to crack the code on the message, and they realize it's coming from Camp Lehigh, which is yeah. where Captain America was created. And like it was like where all Marvel things eventually lead. Camp yeah. Lehigh is where all Marvel stories eventually go to. They seem to, yeah. And they need to get there. And it turns out that none of these guys can fly, um, I guess except for Hope. Um, and I guess Spidey well, can't really get there because it's across the river. Well, here's first problem. In my opinion, first major like, hey, guys, did you think about this? Because moments before that, Okoye is like, I was in Wakanda when this happened and Wakanda is still safe because we have shields. And I came because Black Panther was with the Avengers to handle everything in San Francisco. And he's got he went missing. But then we got a message from him. So we know he's still alive. And nobody's like, hey, you flew from Wakanda to here. Why don't we take your plane? <laughs> like, like where'd that jet go? Yeah, you're right. She got there somehow. You're right. You're right. Um, well, they're going to figure out they're going to take a train. Um, some of the things that happen in this episode are just things that happen in zombie movies. Yes, which Spider-Man consistently tells us. Yes, and but like this whole tr- getting a train going thing is like 100% a zombie movie scene. Like this is like – I mean like to, to the credit, I, I know you don't like this one, but I, I, I like this one a, a bunch actually. And I thought that the writing was really smart in that it hits the beats of a zombie movie. Even if those beats don't always 100% line up with the Marvel stuff, um, I like that it really sticks to the beats of a real zombie movie. But um, that's what I don't like. Right. But that's the thing. So we're never going to see eye to eye in this episode. So I like that it does that. You're not taking full advantage of what you have if you're like, well, we got to hit this beat, even though it doesn't make sense in the context of what this is. But I think you are taking advantage because I think the beat is fun. That's the thing. I think the beat's fun. I think if the beat wasn't but, fun, if it was like a slave to a beat that was not that interesting, but I think like the, the train beat's a good beat. I think it's a really fun sequence, and I think the whole Happy Hogan thing is really fun because they go to the they go to Grand Central uh, to go get a train, and they have to jumpstart the train, which I don't know if that's a thing that can even happen. Um, yeah, and, they say it's also out of fuel. I was like, I don't do trains. I don't like. I I didn't know enough. I thought they ran on like 
subway trains run on electricity, but I don't yeah. know about these. Um, I don't know these, these Amtrak so like, or whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't know what the answer to that is. That's a good. I mean, it might run on diesel. I mean, that seems reasonable to me, actually. Yeah, I, um, I was just like, I, want, I, I just never thought about that before. I was like, oh, I never wondered what those trains <laughs> were. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, oh. But like this bit here, like where or or Happy and Sharon Carter are like standing guard, and um, they hear the noise, and then. Um, Clint Barton shoots shoots the arrows and pulls Happy into the into the darkness as he's shooting as he's shouting pew 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 with his um, Iron Man repulsor. Yep. I thought that was really great. That was like super great. I really enjoyed that. Like that that's a good beat, and that's part of this larger train beat that I really liked. Yeah. Um, also, this is the sequence. Then, as they're fighting off these zombies, the zombies show up. The zombies, by the way, in again not having read Marvel zombies, I don't know if this is in the comics, but it makes sense that it would be the zombies maintain their powers and their ability to use their powers and seem to maintain intelligence of some sort. I think, and again, I have not read Marvel zombies, but I think in Marvel zombies, they, the zombies can talk and stuff as well. Like they probably make sense. Yeah. They have their memories and they know who they are and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I know that's how it worked in the ultimate fantastic four story. And I believe that's how it works in all the zombies. At least the first zombie miniseries maybe like as time goes on they dumb down i don't know but yeah i mean that makes sense because what's the point of having captain america be a zombie if he can't throw a shield right i mean like there's a yeah. zero point in doing that there's just a yeah. zombie in a captain america suit like yeah. it's just not that interesting or like with 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 clint barton like if hawkeye can't shoot arrows who gives a shit like it's not that interesting yeah. like it's much more interesting than zombie hawkeye is shooting arrows well the, like the idea of zombie dr strange opening up portals and doing magic he's doing stuff spells crazy right? like that's all yeah. oh, that's crazy yeah unfortunately they don't do much with that they move right past that one. Yeah, you got to because that's that would break the whole thing. They would they would be killed immediately. Yeah. Um. But while they're trying to jumpstart the train, uh, which involves Spider Man having to create a big slingshot effect, they get attacked by a wave of zombies that are led by the remaining Avengers, including um, including the Falcon. Um. And there's a whole fight scene with Falcon and Okoye, uh, and she ends up cutting them in half down the middle. She cuts them in half, and that's when the the bad Winter Soldier line happens, where he goes, "I should be sad, but I'm not." Yeah, it's kind of a bummer because you kind of wanted to put a little more spin on that ball, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you really, that, that yeah. moment in particular, you really wanted to put some spin on that ball. I should be sad, but I'm not. Like, again, going back to my theory that they just recorded him when he was eating lunch and stuff, I think he had ice cream that fell on the floor. I mean, he's like, I should be sad, but I'm not. Um, uh, or they happy, were out of his favorite ice cream or something. And that's it. Happy Hogan ends up getting uh, turned into a zombie. Sharon Carter kills him. Sharon Carter gets pinned to a wall by an arrow. Um, it's a pretty good bit. Yeah. Um, and, and Happy's death is very, I like that, where she turns his hand. Yes, towards his own know, face and makes him blow his own, own head. Yeah, very cool. Good. Very cool. Um, they get the train running, and the, yeah. as the zombies close in, they run over a bunch of trains and uh, zombies and explode them. Yes. Truly grotesque sequence. Again, this is on Disney Plus. Yeah. This is directly next to bed knobs and broomsticks. Is that on Disney Plus? It's a Disney movie. I'm assuming it is. Oh. I'm making a guess. Mary Poppins. How about that? That's yeah, definitely on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. They run over a bunch of fucking zombies, but it turns out they're not out of uh, harm's way yet because Steve Rogers has gotten onto the fucking train. Yes. And uh, he and Bucky Barnes have a fight. And uh, in a pretty good bit, he, Bucky... He bites Sharon off camera. He bites Sharon. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, at some point, that's a very common zombie movie thing. Like, there's like a scuffle, and then we realize after the scuffle, oh no, you've been bit. But we, but we occur that we, it's not a question with Sharon because Bucky comes in and she's laying on the floor. And oh, she's already been bit. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. 
So uh, Bucky and Cap fight, and uh, the, the Cap's death is pretty great. It's really, really great. Uh, yeah, he ends up getting bisected in his own shield and then yeah. sliding off the shield and onto the train tracks. Yeah, that was cool. He's actually technically not dead. No, he's still going. So he's just, uh, he's just halved. He's just halved. But again, on this it's one of the worst Plus, cases of being cut in half I ever did see. <laughs> on this Disney Plus show, Captain America is sliced in half right after the Falcon is sliced in half. They're both in different directions. They really keep yep. it fresh yep. in terms of what direction they're slicing people in half. Um, and, uh, things seem pretty bad. Um, and, and at the same time, zombie Sharon swallows wasp who then, yeah. Yeah. So zombie Sharon comes up, wasp flies into her mouth and, uh, then, uh, hope explodes out and blows Sharon Carter to goo. Yeah. And then that, that's my favorite line in the episode. She goes, I'm covered in Sharon. It <laughs> was a great line. Well, then somebody reminds me of, uh, Arnst, right? Wasn't that his name from lost? Yes. You've got Arnst uh, on you. Yes. Uh, is it is it a Koye that says the kid has a hand sanitizer? Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was very funny. That's a very funny line, too. Yeah, that was good. The kid has hand sanitizer. Well, the, the, just in case things couldn't get any worse, the train runs out of gas or whatever it's running on. And Hope is, as they see, she's been cut while she was in She has been cut. Her. So now they're up against the time because she's like, you got to kill me. I've, I've been, I've been, I've been zombified. And they're like, no, we are right here at Camp Lehigh. We are minutes away from this. Um, cure that we yeah. think exists and we can't chance it. We, we, we want to not kill you before. Like if we get into the base and there's a cure right there, we're going to feel real dumb about having shot you in the head. Yeah. So they just, but they realize they're fucked because the train has stopped at, while it's outside camp Lehigh. There's a huge field of zombies between them and camp Lehigh. Yes. So they have to get through, but they don't know how they're going to get through. And so what hope does is that she becomes giant sized and she carries everybody in her hands. And this was my favorite part of the, of the episode. I was like, this is – now this is genius. Like this is using the the basics of a zombie movie or zombie story and the the basics of comic book storytelling, combining them to, to take that beat, that zombie beat, and put the superhero touch on it. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Um, Absolutely. She makes it to the fence, but um, she cannot make it all the way. She drops them down, and then she falls down dead. Um, she, she goes, I, smile for me, Peter. As smile. I – Which are, – are her and Peter kind of crushing on each other in this episode? No, they've established in this episode that Peter is like the the feel-good mascot of this group, but, that he always has he, a positive attitude. But when he comes in with the cape, with Dr. Strange's cape, and she goes, that looks really good on you. And he's like, oh, you think so? You think I look good? And she's like, yeah. And like – they kind of move closer to each other. Wow. Then Hope Van Dyne is definitely problematic and is canceled <laughs> because Peter Parker is definitely 16 years old still. Yeah. Well, it's wow. the apocalypse. Wow. Uh, yeah, there aren't that many available men, right? No, it's like um, she's got him or or uh, Bucky Barnes. Bucky or well, who they give and, a gratuitous. Bucky's like all obsessed with Cap, so that's not going to happen. They give Bucky around. a gratuitous shower scene in this. They do, yeah. Which I yeah. like quite a bit, as as Peter is explaining the rules of zombies. I have him in my notes marked as the Disney soldier because he's the most Disney-looking character in this episode. <clears throat> what he looks like in this episode, and I don't know if this joke is going to land for you or not, but he looks like he belongs on F-Boy Island. And <laughs> it's like crazy to me. Like it's like this whole episode, I'm like, this is Bucky Barnes as on F-Boy Island. And he's I like, mean, oh. I mean, he is, he's 100% drawn in like that slash fic like style. Yeah. 100%. He's got the giant eyes and his beard yeah. is, is like perfectly 
God, and he's got longer hair than usual. Yeah. And he's got no shirt. And he's like, I love Steve. It's like, yeah, we know, we know yeah. who you're, you're calling on. Here, no, guys. it's crazy. It's really funny. I, I love it. I mean, I love it. Um, it oh, it's it, great. It, you know, Sebastian Stan's not going to do the work. At least the animators are going to do the work, yeah, right? The, the animators are giving a specific fan base exactly what they want with, with, with that design of him, without a doubt. I did like the part when he's um, Peter's doing his uh, zombie video, and they're like, "Like, how do you how how do you how do you do this?" And he goes, "Well, I have a lot of time because I'm in the AV club. I can watch all these zombie movies." And they're like, "No, yes. how do you stay positive?" Yeah, which I thought was really nice. That is not a traditional Spider-Man quality, no. But that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man, and I think it works. Yes, um, that he's sort of a upbeat guy. Obviously, in the comics, that is not what Spider-Man is. Um, but I like that he is a little bit different in the movies. I well, think it, it works in the comics. He's False upbeat. He try. He puts on a fake. Well, he's funny story. to. Yeah. He's funny to cover up fear and anxiety. But like as Peter Parker, especially he's he is dwarf. not. He's yeah. just constantly sad. He's a, he's a big whiner. Yeah. What was what's the name of the album? Right. There's that Spider Man album. One of the songs is like nobody likes Peter Parker or whatever. <laughs> Isn't that one of the songs? Reflections of a rock superhero. I think it is. But like one of the songs is like about how he just everybody hates him and his life is the worst. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it is. Uh, I'm going to find it right now because I remember that is actually yeah, nobody likes Puny Parker or something like that. Yeah. Spider-Man re- rock reflections of a superhero. And uh, let's see if we have a, this does not have a track listing. Uh, track listing. Let's look that up. All right. Track list. You're drunk. Oh, here we go. Um, Square Boy, Spider Man, Time Will Show Me the Way, a soldier. No, no one's got a crush on Peter, is the name no of the song. You're thinking of. That's the one. That is so great. No one's poor, got a poor crush put on upon Peter. Peter Parker. <laughs> so, so the thing is that when, when, when Hope dies, I really was like kind of yelling at the TV, like, shrink, shrink, you dumbass. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, like, truly. I was like, shrink. oh, there's going to be a giant zombie. Yeah. They did not think that through. Which obviously you want, like you do want a giant zombie. Like you yeah. definitely want to see that in the show, but at yeah. the same time, you're also yelling at the character to, to shrink. Yeah. They, and, they, and when I say they did not think that through, I mean like the character did not think that through. Right. The, the show right, clearly right. did, as we see later. But. Right. So they make it onto the base and they discover that um, the zombies are not going over the fence. And in fact, the fence is breached and the zombies are not coming onto the base. So something is going on here. And they go in and they find vision. And yeah. they realize that it's his mind stone that is creating a frequency that keeps the zombies outside the base. Um, already in What If, they're doing more with the stones than they ever did in the movies. <laughs> he also was able to cure Scott Lang, uh, yes. technically, because he's now a Futurama head. Yes, he's just a head. He's a straight up Futurama head. Like that's yeah. He's in a Futurama jar. Yeah. This might be the one part that I had a problem with. His head? Yeah, because the, technically this show is technically canon. So I can get around some like jokes or like whatever, but the fact that the vision can keep a human being's head alive <laughs> has unbelievable repercussions. <laughs> like I just really feels like a very big thing. I don't know. Yeah. Like if he put his mind to it, he could keep a, a, a disembodied head alive. That really is a wild turn of events. Yeah. Like what does yeah. that mean for medicine? It means nothing because he doesn't do anything with it. Well, yeah, I know. Um, so uh, Vision was able to cure him not only of the zombie, but also keep his head alive. How he does that, we don't know. Um, so Bruce Banner's like, we should use the satellite. We're going to broadcast the frequencies, and that can cure the whole population. And Okoye says, oh, we can do that in Wakanda uh, because uh, it's the last human sanctuary. So we can go there 
and then do this. And and then Bucky's like, I'm going to go walk around. He's going to go look for a transport. Go look for a transport. And, and that's when Vision goes, be careful. You won't like what you find. And no one pays <laughs> any attention to him saying that. They're all like, whatever, dude. And it's like, really? No one's going to be like, hey, Vision, that's a weird thing to say. They just think he's quoting the end of Planet of the Apes. I guess so. Um, so uh, what he does find is he finds Wanda, who is a zombie. And she's well, he finds in, Wanda in, in a legless uh, He finds T'Challa. T'Challa says, well, first he finds Wanda yeah. and she's a zombie and she's in this, she's in this cage that somehow Vision has kept her trapped in. I don't know how he pulled it off, but he did. And then also well, he's this, feeding her. Well, yeah, but still, you might think that she would still and, and she, get out. As we see later, she definitely still knows who Vision is. She has a connection to him still. But yes, there's T'Challa in that room as well. He's got one leg because the Vision has been cutting flesh off of the Black Panther and feeding it to Wanda. A, yes. Clearly a story point they would not have done if they had known how sick Chadwick yes. Boseman was. Yeah, hopefully Chadwick Boseman shows up again because this is a rough one to go out on. He's got a nice line at the end, though. He does, but seeing him just laying in that gurney with one leg and being like gasping oh, and in pain, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's pretty oh, tough. It's pretty no. tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it turns out that T'Challa had gone to San Francisco with the Avengers, and Vision had taken him out, and he thought that he was going to be saved, but in fact, no. The Vision had made the logical decision that he needed human flesh to feed his is, girlfriend. What is Vision there? When they show the flashback to them in San Francisco, fighting this no, place. neither of them are there. Okay, okay. But we only see like three of them get off the Quinjet. Like I don't know that we really see everything. I think it's on purpose. I think they kept characters because Vision back. can't be there. Why not? Because the zombies stay away from the gem, so they wouldn't have attacked the Avengers if he was there. He might have come after the first wave of yeah, Avengers. Yeah, he might have. Been that's like, why I will. They showed him San there. Francisco. Yeah, if they showed him there, then it would be like. That doesn't work, but if they don't show them there, then it's fine. So it turns out that the Vision could not cure Wanda because her powers are too strong, but he also yeah. could not bring himself to kill her. Yeah. So he's been uh, he's been holding on to her and feeding survivors to her. And um, she's actually been uh, starving for a couple of days. Yes. And uh, she wakes up and busts out of her prison immediately. And um, she immediately kills David Desmalchian. Yes. Who has been talking about Baba Yaga for the whole episode. This is actually a nice little connection to his character this is, in the it, movies. Th th this is definitively why he's in that episode, in the episode. To say Baba, Baba Yaga. Yeah to, yeah, to bring up Baba Yaga earlier, and then the Hulk is like, who's Baba Yaga? And then here, when he looks down the hallway, and it's all red, and she's standing there, he's like, Baba Yaga. Yeah. And, you know, connects to Ant-Man and, and the Wasp, where he kept talking about Baba Yaga. So... Because I was like, I wonder why they chose him and not uh, what's his face, the other guy, Luis. Luis. And this is That's why. a different energy to have Luis on this team, though. It is, but 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 uh, like in the writers' room, I was like, I wonder why, you know, why why they chose this Ant Man side character. And then I mean, I would that say that happened. I was like, this is why because I mean, this, this is definitely time. a big part of it. I would say part of it also though is that if you have Luis, he's he has too much of the same energy as Spider Man. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very um, good point. Kirk can just hang out in the background. He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. Luis is going to be pretty involved. He's going to be pretty upbeat. He, he, he's going to be, be the pretty, one that explains yeah, how the, the zombies, zombies and yeah. what, what happened. Yeah. So they have Spider-Man, and so that feels like you want more Spider-Man than you want Luis, frankly. Like yeah. If you had yeah. to choose between those two characters, that's what you're going to choose. Yeah. Um, so Wanda is now rampaging. The Vision now goes, oh, I think I fucked up. <laughs> well, no, it's great because this is literally – I this is I'm paraphrasing, but he basically – Vision's like – you brought this on yourself. Now you're all going to have to die. And then Bruce turns to him and goes, help us. He goes, yeah, okay, I'll help you. And it's like, huh? 
he was just like, waiting for somebody to ask. I guess. He's like, oh, sure, yeah. why not? And then he just kills himself. He's like, yeah, I'll help you. I killed myself. <laughs> it's like, moron, you're the one who can heal the world. Well, they, he, they, they, they're able to get the, the, the gem, though, right? So but none of, them know, none of them know how to use the gem. He is the gem. He is the piece. Yeah, but they're going to Wakanda, so I think they feel pretty confident that Shuri's going to be able to handle it. Yeah, but it's still going to take more time. They could have done this like overnight, and now it's like, well, now we got to figure out how to like communicate with the gem, and we got to figure this stuff out, and nobody can touch it because we'll die instantly if we touch it. Like, that's a story point that has been left behind, by the way, in the MCU. Well, but in this, they show when Vision rips the gem out of himself. When Bruce picks it up, he picks it up by like a piece of metal that's still attached to it. Yeah, that's a good point. So, which I appreciate. So. They are – he also tells them there's a quad jet that they can go. And then he pulls out the Mind Stone and then he he, he destroys the whole base. Yes. As well. Collapses he like, the collapses base the base. On, uh, Scarlet Witch. Which is not enough by the way. So um, uh, she comes out of the rubble and Bruce Banner is able to turn into the Hulk. And he jumps into a giant crowd of zombies. Like this would be a good time to come out, big guy. I like that bit quite a bit too because you know it's going to – actually, what if you don't know if it's going to work I guess, no, right? No, you don't, no. That makes it fun because yeah. there's a possibility he's just eaten alive. Well, first, Scarlet Witch goes to bite him and his arm turns. And his arm like, turns for guy, which I like that. I That's like really that. fun too. Yeah. Uh, and then he, uh, he, he transforms and throws some zombies around and then he starts fighting the Scarlet Witch. I thought this was really cool because this is actually a fight I would like to see in the movies. Yes, I agree. I mean, I think she'd destroy him, frankly. Oh, she would wreck him in two seconds. But, but it'd be a really interesting, fun two seconds to watch. Yes. I yeah. feel like. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as they're launching, um, Hope is there and she grabs the spacecraft and, uh, there's a point where the Hulk gets thrown up and bounces off the tail of this fucking quad jet. Was that, that Hulk? Really, that was Hulk, I think. Yeah, wasn't I thought it? it? I thought it was Janet threw some, just a random zombie at them. No, I think it was Hulk. I think Hulk got thrown at them. Okay. Well, that makes it much sadder. Also, <laughs> uh, Winter Soldier just gets thrown into the woods. He just flies off <laughs> yeah he doesn't make it yeah i think he's still alive you think he's still alive because this is obviously if setting he, up a sequel if, right if he sets it so he lands on the shield the shield stops all vibrations right so that's a good actually that's a good fine. point yeah so she throws him with the shield yeah and that's a good point he could actually land on the shield and survive um even without yeah that actually could work yeah um the child uses the boosters to burn janet uh hope sorry and he uh breaks free in the quad jet and they take off and it's just the three of them it's uh it's Scott Lang, who has now had the he has the the, the cloak okay, around his yeah. his Futurama t- tube, yeah. and he's flying a joke around. Which makes about that makes no sense. Which is what he's like. I feel like I'm at prom when the when the cloak connects to him. I think the joke is that in all prom photos, if the guy is behind the girl, like with his hands on her shoulders. Oh, okay. That's the joke. So the 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 cloak is the the boy prom date, and he's the girl prom date. Okay. I think that's the joke. I think it's a very bad joke. I think it's supposed to be bad joke. He does yeah, say that he does dad only does now is dad jokes. Yeah, but that's an excuse just to be like we didn't want to spend time coming up with better jokes. Uh, and they make it to uh, Wakanda, and they have the Mind Stone, and they're ready to save the planet. But what turns out is that Thanos has come to uh, Wakanda. Yes, and he is a zombie, guy. and he has the in- five of the Infinity Stones. Yeah, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So you really didn't like that one, huh? Nope. I thought it was a lot of fun. I did not. I did not. 
talk to me about it. Talk to me like, 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 well, while we were talking about it, you kept saying, that's cool. That was great. That was fun. So now you were like, no, 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 I, 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 I was, there were a couple times where I just said, yep. Okay. <laughs> because that's my feeling on a lot of it. <laughs> I mean, like, like there, it just, none of the story makes sense. Like I said before, uh, a Koye is like, oh, I guess we'll take a train. And it's like, you have a ship, take your ship. Doesn't that make more sense? Vision is like, I guess I'll kill myself now. There's no reason for Vision to kill himself. It makes absolutely no sense when he's like, I have to rectify what I've done. And his rectification is to kill himself. No, you rectify yourself. Dude, you can cure these people. You cured one already. Why would you kill yourself? Doesn't make sense. Makes no sense. But he does that. And they're like, yeah, cool. Like, like none of this fits well. They don't do anything. Like, the jokes are just endlessly bad. There's not one good joke in, in, this, in this episode, I don't think. And 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 they they're nonstop with the jokes, and uh, I, yeah, I didn't I wasn't impressed by oh it's violent that just didn't impress me. Okay, it's violent. Okay, but you're not doing anything fun with it. I mean, I think it's fun I think except the for the the bit with hope when she is giant and carrying them, and I like all the zombies climbing up her and trying to bite through her suit and stuff like that. I, I, like I mean, like giant hope is fun. Um, Captain America cut in half is fun. Falcon cut in half is fun. Happy Hogan blasted by his own repulsor is fun. I mean, all of this stuff is fun. The exploding Sharon Carter is fun. This is all fun. The zombies getting hit by a train is fun. The, the exploding Sharon Carter I thought was fun, but the other ones. I thought it was all fun. I, what I liked about this episode is, again, they had the option to go really maudlin and up, and grim, like, yeah. oh, the world is ending. Or they had the choice to go, let's just have fun with this. Let's just make this silly. And they went silly, and I, I appreciate that because the premise is already like so – dumb yeah um but also so iconic for whatever reason because it's been a big thing in the marvel comics for years and it was a it was a big hit and like marvel zombies is like a thing yeah like to do it and to do it in a way that feels like fun and like i think that also the thing i the thing that i'm liking about this show that i think you're not liking about this show is that it's starting to seem like it has a range of tones and styles and I like that. That's really anthology. Not every episode has to have the same thing. And this episode can be sort of silly and sort of offbeat and take a dopey premise and just go, let's have fun with this. Let's just do a fun thing here um, in a way that I really liked. I liked a lot, a lot, a lot. I did not. And, and, and no, I, I don't mind if it's going to be, you know, if the anthology mixes things up. But like I said, I don't. The Watcher should not be part of that. He should be. He got one joke. I just, I feel like you get very hung up. It's a big one thing if the Watcher was like through the whole episode doing bits. And like, I do agree that that one joke does clang and I'm not wild about it. And I don't think it's that great, but also it's just the one joke. Like it really is. It's the one joke right now. Let's see what happens. Oh, this is like very intense. I don't know. This is, you have like a, a very intensely different way of looking at this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's like other funny episodes and they're going to do, he's going to do jokes, I guess. I mean, like, yeah. could be worse. I mean, like. But I, I just, I didn't think it was fun. I didn't think they did anything, like, like again, except for Hope exploding through uh, Sharon and Hope being giant were the two bits where I was like, oh, that's really fun. That's using superhero stuff with zombies. Like, that's interesting to me. But the rest of it was very, like, yeah, okay, okay, this is just very basic. You're not, I, it felt like they were like, they're zombies, that's enough. Like, that's enough of an interesting thing. And it's like, no, I'd, I'd like to see more. I'd like to really play with the idea. And I really don't like that every single one of these episodes is setting up sequels. Like, that's just exhausting to me. Because that that 
to me, feels like we're not going to just keep exploring stuff. It's just going to be season two is going to be the, the next episodes of all of these stories. Well, you know, you could say that this does not set up a sequel. It ends with Thanos standing there. You tell me that's not like, dun, 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 wait till see what happens next. That Or that could be read as they get to Wakanda and Wakanda's already fallen to Thanos, who's a zombie and has the rest of the Infinity Gems. Do you know what I mean? Like that just could be like Thanos is now going to turn the whole universe into zombies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I think if, if there's never a follow up to that, that's the end of the episode is that Thanos not, not only has won, but has actually won as a zombie and is probably going to turn everybody in the universe into zombies. Yeah. And then we'll see what the Guardians of the Galaxy are doing during that. I mean like, yeah, you could. But yeah. the thing is that technically in terms of just like this feels the least – this feels – both most like setting up a sequel and also least like setting up a sequel, if that makes any sense to you, which is that um, the ending with like, we're going to save humanity. And then they, and then all of a sudden we see that they're in bigger trouble than we thought. That could be a whole different story of these three characters trying to fight Thanos in Wakanda or whatever, or it could just be like the classic twilight zone slash what if ending of like, Oh no, actually you're just totally fucked. Yeah. There is no – like instead of showing him kill Spider-Man, you don't have to show him kill Spider-Man. You have to just show Spider-Man flying into Wakanda going, we did it, guys, and then see that Thanos with five of the Infinity Stones is a zombie in there. And and doesn't the Watcher say something like they thought they were saving the world, but they've doomed the universe? Yeah, exactly, right? So, so that's the thing. So I think that – I don't. That I, I think you, like sequel. you could go either way, obviously. It could be a sequel. You could, you know, whatever. But I don't think that the episode is 100% setting up another story. Does that make sense to you? When I, when I, I mean, because I mean, to me, I think it could go either way. If they yeah. did a sequel to this, I wouldn't be quote unquote mad. They didn't like rewrite a solid ending. Yeah. But also, it just has. It feels to me like a, almost a tales from a crypt. Okay. You know what I mean? Like where you think that you go one, and then the last two panels are like, no, actually, you're fucked. Yeah. And you don't have to see the guy die. You just see the guy go, holy shit, and then that you you get it. Like he's yeah. fucked. Like, that's it. The end. Yeah. So that 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 works for me. I mean, I get. I also get it if it doesn't work for you. It does not. Well, we disagree on this one. Uh, I'm warming what, up to this series. What, what a shift in the way we've been doing these. I'm really warming up to this series. All right. Yeah. The first two I didn't like very much, but the last three I have liked. I thought you liked the second one with the Guardians and stuff. Oh, no, I like that one. I, actually, you're right. There was that the third one I didn't like that much? What was the third one? I don't know. <laughs> you know I honestly don't remember. Uh what was the third one? It was the actually no, I've actually liked a bunch of these because that was the um, the Avengers serial killer one. Oh yeah, that one I liked. I liked that, that one, one was good. I thought that last week's was like all right. Last Doctor week's w- was an interesting idea. I just it was so hung up on a relationship that nobody cares about that it right. just felt weird. But I yeah. liked the concept of last week's. I also that last week's had like a what if with inside a what if that yes. I thought was maybe too much. I don't think yeah. we need to go what if within a what if on these. Yeah. Um, but this one, I uh, I don't know. I really like this one. Uh, maybe the most out of all of them. Really? I think that this really achieved the, a, a lot of what I want out of this show. Yeah, it's because you're a zombie fanboy. I mean, I like zombies. I like violence, frankly. Um, I like violence. I like funny violence. I like laughing at people being horribly dismembered. And um, I like that they just kept killing characters the whole time. It was just a nonstop killing of characters this episode. Yes, yeah. Which is what you've been begging for. We watch every single Avenger die in this episode. Except, I guess, Black Widow. Yeah. Well, no, I think she's there in the San Francisco bed. But we don't don't see her die. Yeah. Like at least even Captain America, we don't we see him die twice. Technically, we see him get bit yep. by a zombie, and then we see him cut in half. So, yeah. 
All right. Well, we don't know what next week's episode is going to be. We won't know until a couple days before when they start dropping posters. That's the way they've been doing this. Oh. So. But uh, I guess we'll find out together next week, won't we? So this was the fifth episode? Fifth episode. We got four more left, according to my good friends at the Marvel Cinematic Universe Wiki. There's nine episodes. They're they're like two, two and three for me. That's how they're going so far. Um. Anything else you want to say about this? It might be three and three. Doctor Strange was okay. Uh, Anything else you got to say? Yeah, cut down on the jokes, guys. Yeah, you you you're never going to be happy. You, I mean, we we should do a Titans podcast so you can get a show that not no, because what we did a whole thing on Shang Chi, and I talked about how much I think the jokes in that work really well because they come from the character, yeah, and they're not just like constantly undercutting the drama. Where in this, they're constantly undercutting the drama. But this is a comedy episode. But this but is a funny episode. It's fine, but comedy also needs drama to work. And there, there's no drama because every scene is everyone making jokes as they're being murdered the entire time. Like, like Shaun of the Dead is a great comedy, but the horror and the drama works because there are moments where they know where Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and everyone were like, well, this is not a point for jokes. You have this really great tendency of like saying that the thing that we're talking about is not as good as something that's one of the greatest things ever made. You do this a couple no, of times no, on I'm, these I'm, shows. I'm, I'm using it as an example. I'm not saying it should be up to that level, but I'm using it as no, an example. I know. It obviously can be done. I mean, I get it. It can be done 100%. I don't disagree with that. But like sometimes you use these examples that are like, listen, I get it. But like, you know, like in 2001, they really do this well. And like, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, they certainly do. Like, it's considered one of the great movies of all time. So oh, I get it. But like when Lawrence of Arabia does it, and it really is like, man, like, is it like a less, is it like a less good version of that that you could point to? Yeah. I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer episodes where they, they do a good job mixing the comedy and the drama as well. Like basically any good horror comedy does that, right? This is the end does it very well. And that's 90% comedy, but it also has some good dramatic moments. Like, it's just a matter of of leaving which breath ones are, for which drama. Which ones are those? The dramatic moments? Yeah. And this is the end? Now I'm trying to think. Like know. even the most dramatic moment when they're all getting yelled at by what's-her-name, it's still pretty funny. It's still very funny, yeah. There's like no stakes in this is the end. Actually, I think this is not this is not as good as this is the end, but I would say that this is actually closer to this is the end in terms of what that movie's trying to do, in terms of it's doing a violent horror concept well, no, that no, is just it, funny all the way through but this is the end has the underlying throughway of jay burchell and seth rogan's friendship falling apart because they've gone separate ways in their lives and them trying to trying to not let it fall apart even though they know they're different people now that jay that for to jay seth has become to hollywood and that, like that's a running thing through it you know yeah, but I feel like the, sh- the movie doesn't take that seriously. It's like I, making a joke about like the um, maudlin plot lines that are undergirding these um, those Judd Apatow movies of the of the twenty tens. See, I, I think it it takes it somewhat seriously because I think it, it's probably also based on some truth between the two of them. I don't know. I Seth Rogen's among the least Hollywood guys that's ever lived. But but compared to Jay Burchell, who's like, no, I'm not going to leave Canada. I'm going to stay in Canada. I'm going to make these whatever I want to make, and I'm not going to go down the the Judd Apatow route and do that stuff. So I think to him, you know, and and here's Seth Rogen. He's hanging out with James Franco, and he's hanging out with 
Academy Award nominee, uh, what's his face and whatnot. And to him, it's a different thing. Yeah, I mean, I might, I might have personal knowledge of these guys to a little bit more that makes that not feel correct to me. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, like, I think that they're playing with character types, which is what I think they're doing in this episode of What If. They're playing with things. They're not like taking it that seriously. Um, and I don't think, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, maybe, but my. Um, <laughs> Without like doing like a whole thing, like I my understanding of these people is that that's not really how they are. Right. Well, you know I mean they're they're playing they're the, playing at they're playing at types in that. Oh no, yeah, I, I don't think that that's you know I don't but think that uh, what's his name uh, Danny McBride goes to people's houses, falls asleep in their their uh, tubs, but it's like wakes so up in the morning, jerks off all, all over their walls. I don't think he's doing that in real life, right? But. No, I mean they're they're playing like exaggerated versions of their own comedic characters, right? Yeah. And so, uh, but I also don't think that that relationship. I think that really, I don't know. I mean, anyway, I think that it's. I think that through line is less serious than. I don't think it's serious, but I think it's 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 it puts a through line in it where there's also a human piece to it. Well, I think it's sort of like Anchorman, which has a totally non-serious throughline, but it has a dramatic throughline that's just absolutely not serious. Okay, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, it's it's more absurdist. It's like it has a, a technically serious throughline. Okay, but it is is absurdist. I don't think this is absurdist, but I think that it's just not trying to be serious with it. So, I don't okay. know. What do I know? Right? I mean, I think it's totally reasonable. That you didn't like this one. Thank you. Thank you for telling me it's okay for me not to like something. I appreciate I'm val- it. I'm validating. Yeah, your va- your thoughts are valid. Thank you. So, all right. We will see you guys again uh, next on Bad Batch next week. Um, there's a Bad Batch waiting for you if you're a subscriber, by the way. Mm-hmm. It went up uh, just a couple of hours before I re- we recorded this podcast. And uh, our next episode of Marvel Vision is going to be in a few weeks. Also, we're going to be doing Venom. Let there be carnage. They just That's Watchmen. Disney. That's Watchmen. Oh my god! What if I had any idea what I was doing? This is why I think you're wrong about this episode. You don't even know what we're doing. <laughs> I thought this was a strange topic for a Star Trek podcast. I'll be very <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> I couldn't quite figure it out. <laughs> um, Jesus, Watchmen. We'll be doing uh, Venom with the Carnage. While we were recording this, Disney announced that Eternals will be theatrical only. Okay. So that will also that'll be our next episode of Watchmen after that. It's going to be the Eternals in November. Well, yeah. So they're not pulling it's it. It's late November, November, right? We're, I think it's November 6th. Is it? Okay. Yeah, they, they, they release movies for my birthday traditionally. Okay. They put a bunch of Thor movies out on my birthday traditionally. Oh, that's so happened. Sorry. That's happened in a number of years. Uh, yeah, it's not been great. Although I really like Ragnarok, so that yes. worked out pretty nice for me. Um, but uh, November fifth, yeah. So that's that's when it's coming out. Mm, there you go. So we will uh, have an episode uh, in November, and then December it's going to be Spider Man No Way Home. Yeah, that's available yeah. to subscribers at the Patreon at the five dollar and above level. And that is www.patreon.com slash cinema sangha, S-A-N-G-H-A. What are you laughing about? Just the idea of like Spider-Man No Way Home ends up being like on streaming as well, but it's on Peacock because like Sony just sells it to Peacock. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah here you go. You, yeah, you guys can have it. Put it next to Halloween Kills. Spider-Man No Way Home is debuting just uh, only on Tubi. Um, <laughs> Pluto TV will be running a Spider-Man No Way Home channel. It's going to be in 480p. 
<laughs> it's gonna have commercials randomly spliced in yep all right we'll see you guys again next week thanks for listening and until next time may you be happy may you be healthy may you be safe may you be well but most of all may you remain a true believer